The idea with this study, just for people who don't know, is the researchers from the UK were actually looking at more kind of qualitative developmental feedback. And so they analyzed developmental feedback for many participants in a leadership development program. And they compared the feedback women got to the feedback that men got. Overarchingly, it was very positive developmental, like encouraging feedback. But the nature of it is what I think is really interesting. And it's the first headline to me is women did not get as much specific actionable feedback. They got more generalized feedback. So for example, if you took something like confidence, men might get some feedback on confidence, but it would be display more confidence during this particular meeting in this particular way. Women would get feedback that would say, you need more self-confidence, right? And it's so hard to do anything with that. And so that kind of generalized vague feedback you could think that by itself could be not a great way to help us learn and grow and become leaders of organizations. So getting very vague feedback was one of the things they found for women and more specific and actionable feedback for men. So that was one thing. The second thing, though, that I saw is the nature of the feedback on top of that just blew my mind. So a couple examples, women were encouraged to focus on execution and delivery, where men were asked to focus on the vision of the company. I mean, think about that. So you can always be, you know, great second or third in command, but if you don't have the vision component of this, how could you ever become a, a C-suite or CEO? Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Michelle King, joined by Kelly Thompson, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating, and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. Feedback is part and parcel of working life. We give it, we receive it, and mostly we hope that it's positive. Giving and receiving feedback is an art form. Knowing how to respond or provide feedback is critical because when it's done well, feedback enables our performance, engagement, sense of belonging, and collaboration at work. In short, knowing how to give feedback is a critical skill for surviving and thriving in workplaces today. But there's just one major problem. Feedback is a gendered phenomenon, specifically the type of feedback that men provide to women. An HBR study published this year entitled Research men get more actionable feedback than women, focuses on four important areas which men get more action-oriented feedback than women. These include vision, political skills, asserting leadership, and confidence. For example, when it comes to vision, men are provided with feedback that encourages them to be visionary and think about the big picture, while women are encouraged to focus on operational tasks and executing other people's visions and developing expertise in narrower specializations. Also, when it comes to asserting leadership, women tend to be provided with feedback about being cooperative and differential, whereas men tend to get feedback on being assertive and pursuing their leadership ambitions. These differences can direct women along different and less effective leadership pathways than men adding to the gender gap in leadership positions. 
In today's episode, Dr. Laura Hamill, Organizational Psychologist and Chief Science Officer at LimeAid Institute, will unpack how to be more effective at giving and receiving feedback, having difficult conversations, and overcoming gender bias when it comes to the type of feedback we provide to women. Not only do women get different types of feedback to that given to men, like a number of professional women I know who've been given the feedback to smile more, in contrast with another who was advised to be less friendly if she wanted to be taken seriously. But another study published in an HBR article finds that managers tend to give female employees softened, less honest feedback on their performance. In particular, the article states that women are systematically less likely to receive specific feedback tied to outcomes, both when they receive praise and when the feedback is developmental. In other words, men are offered a clearer picture of what they're doing well and more specific guidance on what's needed to get to the next level. Here, Dr. Laura shares more on how feedback is often gendered. We know at a headline level is that women don't have as many advancement opportunities, right? Women aren't in the C-suite. We all know that from a headline perspective. But this particular study that was in HBR, it made me go, oh, see, this is getting into some of the real meaningful reasons why. And that gets me excited, right? When you get into something that feels substantive, <laughs> that feels like, oh, let's dig into that. I'd like to just share some of the things that stood out for me from that particular study. So the idea with this study, just for people who don't know, is the researchers from the UK were actually looking at more kind of qualitative developmental feedback. And so they analyzed developmental feedback for many participants in a leadership development program. And they compared the feedback women got to the feedback that men got. Overarchingly, it was very positive, developmental, like encouraging feedback. But the nature of it is what I think is really interesting. And it's the first headline to me is women did not get as much specific, actionable feedback. They got more generalized feedback. So for example, if you took something like confidence, men might get some feedback on confidence, but it would be display more confidence during this particular meeting in this particular way. Women would get feedback that would say, you need more self-confidence, right? And it's so hard to do anything with that. And so that kind of generalized, vague feedback you could think that by itself could be not a great way to help us learn and grow and become leaders of organizations. So getting very vague feedback was one of the things they found for women and more specific and actionable feedback for men. So that was one thing. The second thing, though, that I saw is the nature of the feedback on top of that just blew my mind. So a couple examples, women were encouraged to focus on execution and delivery, where men were asked to focus on the vision of the company. I mean, think about that. So you can always be, you know, great second or third in command, but if you don't have the vision component of this, how could you ever become a, a C-suite or CEO? So focusing on delivery and execution for women and being more visionary in men was another finding. This one broke my heart around that kind of assertion of leadership. So men were encouraged to claim your space, like get in there, be ambitious, you know, set the stage, take a more prominent role. Women were encouraged to get along, to be cooperative, 
to be deferential to existing leadership. It just makes me sick, right? And then the last one I'll share is around political skills, not the backstabbing, awful kind of political skills, but the political skills that are real and navigating an organization and really like having relationships and understanding what's going on. Men were encouraged to really anticipate those political considerations and leverage them, like use the influence they have in their network while women were more likely to or encouraged to just cope with it. So toughen up, cope with it, just be a little bit more resilient. So I think you get the point that, you know, this was all positive, developmental, help you grow kind of feedback. But when it's not very actionable and when it's sending this message of deference, sending a message of not a first class citizen kind of going along doing the stuff behind the scenes, but not being the assertive visionary person who's influencing others, kind of no surprise that we are where we are. Research finds leaders often avoid giving feedback because it makes them uncomfortable and they don't know how. Specifically, the HBR study we referenced earlier finds that 44% of managers believe that giving developmental feedback is stressful or difficult, and 21% of managers admit that they avoid giving developmental feedback at all. Here, Dr. Laura shares her tips for how to give feedback. Just setting that stage with why I'm giving this to you, for me, has made a huge difference. It's like it turns people's brain into a different kind of more receptive place, right? Where it's coming from a place of wanting the best for you, even though it might be hard to hear. So I think that that's a really important piece is explaining the why. And then to kind of get to the study that we were just talking about is I'd say, get really actionable. Again, this is that's easy to say, harder to do, but saying, okay, at this next quarterly business review, I would like to see you tell a little bit more about the context of the business before you jump into the scorecard, right? <laughs> so like, things like that, where it's like, oh, well, I could do that, right? That's very clear for me to see. So I think those are some of the basic things that organizations could do. And again, we have had a lot of these already in so many manager training courses of things like that, but we still just don't do them. I guess I'll add one more piece to the puzzle that I think it's what's missing in a lot of organizations is we've never defined what it means to be a manager or a leader in this company. So to me, having a clear manager model, leader model, and saying, these are the behavioral expectations we have of managers and leaders. That to me is so important because then it becomes less subjective. Then it becomes less about, I don't think you're kind of coming across in the right kind of way. You can point to specific behaviors. You can use those behaviors as a foundation for the conversation. So I think that's another big thing that I see many organizations, bigger companies have them, but many organizations just have never clarified, really, what does it mean to be a manager here? And what does it mean to be a leader here? Most employers have moved away from the idea that no news is good news, and we understand the important role of timely and effective feedback in creating a high-performance culture. But when it comes to feedback skills and upskilling, most of the advice that managers and employees receive is on how to provide feedback. But accepting feedback in the right way is just as important. Researchers found that over 70% of people feel their performance would improve if they received corrective feedback. That's feedback that isn't just praise. 
But the disconnect is that only a third report actually receiving the feedback they need to engage and improve. Often we don't give feedback because receiving it is so often accompanied by unpleasant feelings and thoughts. So we start to think of feedback on either side of the interaction as a negative activity. Research led by Carla Jeffries found that we mostly withhold negative feedback to protect ourselves, not to protect the other person. But what if we can reframe the feedback interaction as an opportunity to learn more about our strengths and how we can further develop them? Here, Dr. Laura shares strategies for being able to receive and importantly use the feedback you're given. Receiving feedback's hard, right? I think that for many of us, if we're busy, if we've got a lot, if we've just gone through a global pandemic and we've, I mean, do we have the mental capacity, the emotional wherewithal right now to even hear it? So I think that kind of understanding where you are right now is a good place to start. Like if you feel like maybe right now is not the moment, I've done this and I've had people who I've talked to do this of saying, could we do this tomorrow? And I think really understanding kind of where you are and are you even able to hear what's about to be said is a really important thing to do. So and feeling a little bit of sense of I can actually ask for us to put a little pause on this or ask for a better time. So I think that's a really important thing is can I even hear this right now? So that's the place to start. Then I think if there isn't contextual conversation or why conversation that happens from the person who's giving you feedback to ask for that. So could you just tell me a little bit about why you decided you wanted to share this with me or what is the context that I should understand if that isn't shared with you? Because I think sometimes people forget that and or think, oh, well, you know that I care about your development or you know that I want the best for you. But then actually have somebody say it <laughs> can really help a lot to, in how you can receive the feedback. So I guess a lot of this is if you're not feeling like you're in the right situation or if you're not getting the feedback in a way that you need it, try to ask for it. And you might not get it, but at least, you know, at least you're asking for some of the details of the feedback that might be helpful. I think just listening, you know, just sitting back in your chair, putting your feet on the floor and just listening. And I think, you know, sometimes it's really hard to hear what people are saying. But I think if you can think about what can I really get from this? How can I really learn and grow from this and not feel defensive? I think that that's a really amazing thing. Just trying to truly listen and understand. Ask some clarifying questions for sure. You know, ask, like, I, how can you tell me more about that? Can you give me some more specific examples? Can you give me a, a time where you've seen somebody else do that really well? Do you have any people who you think I could shadow or role model in that particular way, right? Ask questions to help understand. There's things to do, obviously, around after the fact, when you have a chance to think about it and think about what maybe you want to take from that feedback and what you might want to do differently that would be really good and how you might follow up on that feedback. Those are all good things too. But I think it's really being attuned to, are you in a place where you can hear it? And then if you are actually hearing it. So, okay, I hear what you just said. My feet are on the ground. I'm truly trying to listen. Ask for what are two to three things, specific things I could do to really address your feedback. And let's talk about those. Let's get really actionable because what we hear is you just don't get that actionable feedback. So that's one gendered piece that I would really suggest that we do something a little bit differently on. I also would ask, what does it mean to be a great 
manager here? What does it mean to be a great leader here? Can we put that on paper? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about specifically where I am relative to that and how I might close the gap? That I think is a really important thing for women to do. If you don't already have a manager model, if you don't have a leader model, like let's put that on paper and let's get specific because things are so vague. Because of the, you know, the feedback that we were just talking about around men getting feedback to be more visionaries and women, you know, getting feedback to be more execution oriented. So here in this organization, does leadership have a vision component to it? That would be really helpful to understand and know, right? So I think it's the it's being explicit being clear, being actionable. Those would be the things that I'd say. And it, that helps everybody. Managers often feel uncomfortable giving any feedback and have particular concerns about giving feedback to a person who's different from them, like a team member who's older, another gender, or from a different ethnicity. This can be because they want to put themselves in the other person's shoes when considering how the feedback will be received, but they don't feel they have the life experiences in common to do that. Or perhaps they're concerned with saying the wrong thing, giving feedback that might be culturally inappropriate or insensitive and facing a backlash. But avoiding feedback through fear of mistake isn't the answer and runs the risk of perpetuating existing gaps in development opportunities for already marginalised groups. Here, Dr. Laura shares how to manage some of these concerns by building trust. Yeah, there's a worried about saying things in the right way and how I say that. And I think that that's why there's such an important context of trust that has to be in place. And I think when you have that, then you can set that stage of, I really want the best for you. And I, I want to be honest with you. I think when you don't have trust, it's so hard to do some of these things. It's hard for the person to receive them. So organizational trust, I think, is one of those general topics that we all know we need to have more of, but we act like it's sort of this thing that you can't do anything about, right? <laughs> There's actually all, a whole bunch of work you can do around organizational organizational trust and how you build it. But a lot of it is pretty basic. It's about truly doing what you said you were going to do. It's about very much listening and doing something about what you hear. It's about, you know, having the person's best interest in mind and showing that in active ways, demonstrating that. So I would argue that work on trust. If you want this to really work, if you want to do something real, Creating a more trusting work environment is the place you have to start. And that will help you in a million other ways besides just giving feedback and receiving feedback. It will actually help you create a team that's highly functioning and it will help you create an organization that's a great place to work is if you focus on trust. When it comes to feedback, one of the major challenges women face is that all too often the feedback provided aims to fix or change them to fit into masculine male-dominated cultures. Now anyone who has read my book The Fix will know that when women engage in masculine behaviours to fit in, they are penalised and viewed as less likeable as they are defying feminine standards or gender stereotypes that society holds for how women should behave. Fixing women won't fix anything, as women cannot solve inequality they don't create. Leaders need to consider the content of their feedback and if this builds on the strengths that women have, or if it's simply more women fixing in disguise. 
there's so much that the whole fixing thing, I participated in a prominent university's women in leadership course, and the whole thing was about fixing women. It was such a bummer. I happen to have a style. I am very feminine in nature. I'm very collaborative. And my whole career, I have gotten feedback that I am not quite the right kind of hard-hitting, you know, kind of leader that I need to be if I want to be C-level. Well, I am C-level now. But it's been a journey of having that feeling of like, but, but wait, this is who I am. But I get that you're saying that the prototype of leader is somebody who's coming in and being very like stern-faced and doesn't smile. And it's been really hard to navigate that. Luckily, I have found some places that I've gotten to work where it was more accepted. And now I'm encouraged because I sort of feel like I'm, a, I'm sort of a straddle generation where there's a much more progressive attitude that I have one foot in. But I also have this foot in the past where I wore suits to work and had to wear pantyhose. And, you know, like I have experienced both of those worlds and I'm I'm excited about what the future holds, but I still have these crazy ass stories of things that I went through and ways that I kind of felt about my own leadership. So there's so much about male leaders because honestly, most CEOs obviously are men. They have got to create environments where they try to understand this in real authentic ways. I mean, you have to talk with the people you work closely with and understand the things that they've experienced. And I think when people see the human being that they work with every day and that they know about and they care about, and they see what they've gone through and seen the hard things that they've been through, that helps make it important. That helps make it real. That helps them see, oh my gosh, I, as part of the system, I'm doing this to people. What I would say to CEOs who want to do something different is talk to people. Talk to people who are, you know, women in your lives who you work with every day and ask them what their experience has been. I think starting there is a really good place to start because every woman I know has really hard things that they had to go through. Finally, Dr. Laura shares her fix for overcoming bias in feedback. The easy answer is get the specific feedback. Like, tell me one thing that you'd like me to do next week that we can both see that I could do better, right? And so I think the actionable is the easy answer. I think the harder answer would be, tell me what it really means to be a successful leader in this organization. Show me what that looks like write it down, point me to it. I want to understand that because I want to do that. Get that clarification around what it really looks like. So that's the harder one. But I would say understanding what you're solving for is so much of this. And to be honest, most organizations have never figured out what that actually is. (laughs) And so if you don't even know what you're looking for and you're saying, I'm not doing it, then it starts to become pretty obvious what's going on here. So that's the harder answer. We can all benefit from feedback because we can all always improve our performance in some way, unless perhaps you're Beyonce. And most of us know this, of course, we don't think we're perfect. Yet, as a leader, it can be really tempting to assume that your team members have no real perception of their own development areas, and so any negative feedback you gave them would come out of left field. 
but that just isn't the reality in most cases. In a study reported in Harvard Business Review of nearly 4,000 people who just received constructive feedback, 74% of them indicated that they already knew about the problem and weren't surprised to get the negative feedback. So it's much more likely that the person knows about the issue but just doesn't know what to do about it. And that's where feedback can make a real difference. But it can't just simply be telling the person there's a problem since that's not new information. The feedback needs to be constructive and get into the specifics of what might be causing the problem. The conversation really needs to move from just the what to the when, why and how. But how exactly do we do that? There are countless different models which have been developed to provide methods and shorthand ways of giving feedback. Whatever methodology you prefer, Australian people management company Cognology writes that fundamentally your feedback should focus on including four key aspects. First, give a description of the situation or context. That's a really important piece of information because it frames the discussion. Then talk about the observation. That's the action the employee took. And thirdly, the change or result. That's the outcome of that action for better or for worse. And finally, the takeaway. This is where you talk about what you want to see moving forward. It could simply be a continuation of what's occurred where you're giving praise or an alternative method for handling or dealing with the situation when you're giving constructive feedback. Either way, the more specific, the better. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Just a quick reminder before you go that if you'd like to be a guest on our show, then please reach out at thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter and contribute your story there. If you want to support our work, then please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get yours. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all again next week.